Tort reform refers to changes in the civil justice system in common law countries that aim to reduce the ability of plaintiffs to bring tort litigation, particularly actions for negligence, or to reduce damages they can receive. Such changes are generally justified under the grounds that litigation is an inefficient means to compensate plaintiffs, that tort law permits frivolous or otherwise undesirable litigation to crowd the court system, or that the fear of litigation can serve to curtail innovation, raise the cost of consumer goods or insurance premiums for suppliers of services, for example medical malpractice insurance, and increase legal costs for businesses. Tort reform has primarily been prominent in common law jurisdictions, where criticism of judge-made rules regarding tort actions manifests in calls for statutory reform by the legislature. United States Tort reform advocates frequently contend that too many of the lawsuits filed in the United States each year are frivolous lawsuits. The term frivolous lawsuit has acquired a broader rhetorical definition in political debates about tort reform, where it is sometimes used by reform advocates to describe legally non-frivolous tort lawsuits that critics believe are without merit, or award high damage awards relative to actual damages. In the United States, tort reform is a contentious political issue. U.S. tort reform advocates propose, among other things, procedural limits on the ability to file claims, and capping the awards of damages. Opponents of tort reform argue that reformers have misstated the existence of any real factual issue and criticize tort reform as disguised corporate welfare. Tort reform advocates argue that the present tort system is too expensive, that meritless lawsuits clog up the courts, that per capita tort costs vary significantly from state to state, and that trial attorneys too often receive an overly large percentage of the punitive damages awarded to plaintiffs in tort cases. The typical contingent fee arrangement provides for the lawyer to retain one-third of any recovery, a Towers Perrin report indicates that U.S. tort costs were up slightly in 2007, are expected to significantly increase in 2008, and shows trends dating back as far as 1950. More recent research from the same source has found that tort costs as a percentage of GDP dropped between 2001 and 2009, and are now at their lowest level since 1984. High-profile tort cases are often portrayed by the media as the legal system's version of a lottery, where trial lawyers actively seek the magic combination of plaintiff, defendant, judge, and jury. Advocates of tort reform complain of unconstitutional regulation caused by litigation, and that litigation is used to circumvent the legislative process by achieving regulation that Congress is unwilling or unable to pass. Tort reform is also proposed as one solution to rapidly increasing health care costs in the United States. In a study published in 2005 in the Journal of the American Medical Association, 93% of physicians surveyed reported practicing defensive medicine, or clinical behavior because of the threat of malpractice liability. Of physicians surveyed, 43% reported using digital imaging technology in clinically unnecessary circumstances, which includes costly MRIs and CAT scans. 42% of respondents reported that they had taken steps to restrict their practice in the previous three years, including eliminating procedures prone to complications, such as trauma surgery, and avoiding patients who had complex medical problems or were perceived as litigious. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. 
Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. A few of the changes frequently advocated include limits on punitive damages, limits on non-economic damages, limiting the collateral source doctrine, use of court-appointed expert witnesses, elimination of elections for judges, reducing appeal bond requirements for defendants faced with bankruptcy, venue reform, which limits the jurisdictions within which one can file a lawsuit, limits on contingency fees, the adoption of the English rule of loser pays, the defeated party must pay both the plaintiff's and the defendant's expenses, and requiring that class action lawsuits with nationwide plaintiffs be tried in federal courts, eliminating awards for prejudgment interest. Many of these measures tend to benefit defendants, others, such as the English rule, sanctions for delay, and early offer settlement requirements, could have benefits to plaintiffs in some cases. Not all tort reform supporters support all proposed tort reforms. For example, there is a split over whether the collateral source doctrine should be abolished, and there is a healthy debate over whether it would be beneficial to further restrict the ability of attorneys to charge contingent fees. While tort reform is frequently associated with the Republican Party, both supportive and opposition to tort reform is found across the political spectrum in America. Reform of defamation torts, contrary to the general assumption that tort reform is a primarily Republican or conservative issue, is a popular cause among Democrats and liberals more generally who are concerned with lawsuits brought by wealthy corporations and individuals against critics. The United States Supreme Court sometimes weighs in on tort reform debates, but here too, the justices do not always vote according to their predicted ideological stereotypes. In the seminal case of BMW v. Gore, the court ruled that the Constitution placed limits on punitive damages, with liberal justices Stephen Breyer and John Paul Stevens in the majority and Justices Antonin Scalia and Ruth Bader Ginsburg dissenting. Under Chief Justice John Roberts, some expect the court to be more likely to take cases that could resolve tort reform debates. In March and April 2012, the lower Rio Grande Valley in Texas was hit with two severe hailstorms. Texas Monthly wrote, Windows were shattered. Hail knocked holes in rooftops. Unfortunate animals were beaten to death. Insurers paid out $556 million in claims to homeowners and $47 million to car owners. After the storms, thousands of lawsuits were filed against insurers and adjusters. The lawsuits were based on allegations of lowball payments on claims. As a reaction, a state senator introduced legislation, Senate Bill 1628, to reform hailstorm litigation. The bill represented an almost visceral fight between the insurance industry, Texans for lawsuit reform and trial lawyers whose symbolic leader in storm damage claims in Steve Mostyn of Houston. By 2014, there had been 2,000 lawsuits filed in Hidalgo County, Texas. One local attorney had erected a billboard evoking fire and brimstone to remind homeowners that they had to file a claim within two years. According to Texas Monthly, by May, there had been 5,972 lawsuits filed, with Mostyn and members of his firm filing 1,612 of them. Mostyn had pioneered lawsuits for storm damage after Hurricane Ike. He made over $86 million in legal fees. In February 2017, a bill was introduced in the Texas State Senate that would aim at ending hailstorm lawsuit abuse. Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick supported the bill, Senate Bill 10, and said during his State of the State address, hailstorm litigation is the newest form of lawsuit abuse, Patrick said that storm litigation rates had risen dramatically causing insurance companies to increase premiums and reduce coverage. The bill would still allow hailstorm insurance claimants to sue their insurance company. 
It would allow plaintiffs to sue for either deceptive trade practices or unfair settlement, but not both. According to SE Texas Record, the bill also seeks to end Baratree and Hale litigation, as reports of lawyers employing contractors and insurance adjusters to drum up clients have continued to surface the past several years. The bill would also prevent plaintiffs from suing their individual insurance agent. An identical bill, HB 1774, was introduced in the Texas House of Representatives. Punitive Awards and Juries It is argued that extraordinary damage awards in the United States are a result of the jury system. In federal courts in the United States, the right to a jury trial in most civil cases is entrenched in the Seventh Amendment of the United States Constitution. Many state constitutions have similar clauses to protect the right to a jury trial in state court proceedings. This is in stark contrast to continental Europe and the majority of Asian, African, and Latin American jurisdictions in which juries either never existed or were abolished following decolonization, for example in India, Singapore, and most former British colonies in Africa, as an anachronistic institution that routinely introduced societal biases into the judicial process. Even in New Zealand and the United Kingdom, where juries are available in criminal cases, they are only permitted in tort cases involving defamation, false imprisonment, and malicious prosecution. Even in these limited areas of tort law, there have been growing concerns about the jury's role. In particular, the disparity between awards in defamation cases, which invariably concern celebrities, politicians and the rich, and awards for personal injuries has been growing. A potential cause for the unpredictability of juries in tort cases is that individual jurors, unlike professional judges, are unfamiliar both with the law and with daily exposure to tragic accidents in tort litigation. When confronted with their first case they are thus more likely to award punitively high damages in order to teach tortfeasors that tort does not pay. Dispute over litigation explosion claims. The American Tort Reform Association, ATRA, claims that the cost of the U.S. tort system for 2003 was $246 billion or $845 per citizen or $3,380 for a family of four and the growth of U.S. tort costs have exceeded the gross domestic product, GDP, by 2-3 to percentage points in the past 50 years. This claim is based on a 2002 study by Tillinghast Towers Perrin. Opponents of tort reform deny that there has been a litigation explosion or liability crisis, and contend that the changes proposed by tort reform advocates are unjustified. Records maintained by the National Center for State Courts show that population-adjusted tort filings declined from 1992 to 2001. The average change in tort filings was a 15% decrease. The Bureau of Justice Statistics, a division of the Department of Justice, DOJ, found that the number of civil trials dropped by 47% between 1992 and 2001. The DOJ also found that the median inflation-adjusted award in all tort cases dropped 56.3% between 1992 and 2001 to $28,000. Tort reform advocates allege that these numbers are misleading. They claim that most liability costs come from pretrial settlements, so the number of trials is irrelevant. Supporters further note that the number of filings is a misleading statistic, because modern filings are much more likely to be class actions with many more joint claims than the cases of decades ago. They also note that the choice of the 1992 start date is misleading, because the largest increase in the number of tort cases occurred between 1970 and 1992. They also argue that the use of the median, rather than the mean, is a misleading statistic for measuring the magnitude of the litigation problem. 
supporters frequently base their claims of an explosion in the costs of tort litigation based on annual studies by Tilling Gost and Towers Perrin, a major consultant to the insurance industry. In 2008, Towers Perrin reported that the cost of liability litigation has outpaced the growth of the GDP growth of 9% in estimated annual tort costs between 1951 and 2007 as opposed to a 7% average annual growth in GDP, representing 2.2% of GDP in 2004 versus just 0.6% in 1950 and 1.3% 1 in 1970. More recent research from the same source has found that tort costs as a percentage of GDP dropped between 2001 and 2009, and are now at their lowest level since 1984. The Tillinghast and Towers Perrin study has been criticized by the Economic Policy Institute, a progressive think tank, although TTP's estimate is widely cited by journalists, politicians, and business lobbyists, it is impossible to know what the company is actually measuring in its calculation of tort costs and impossible to verify its figures, because TTP will not share its data or its methodology, which it claims are proprietary. Tort reform supporters claim that the Towers' parent numbers are underestimated in many ways.